0: So, Vision 2012, guys, um, we've had a great year uh, before. Uh, Just looking back on evidences of God's grace, I've been blown away at seeing all the things the Lord has done. Here's what we usually do if you are new. Um, We pause. I mean, this is just kind of normal. It kind of makes sense. We try to pause before we begin a new year because this is a church where you guys are like crazy and and just, just trying to serve the Lord. And So we try to pause and say, okay, Let's just bless the Lord and let's just praise God for what He's done, but also let's look at what we need to be about. What are we trusting the Lord for as we move forward in the new year? That's what we're doing. Now, let me just, let me just, let me just, let me just tell on pastors, alright? So here's what usually happens during this time. And I've had a ton of, a ton of my friends, big time pastors and big churches and all this stuff, and they say to me, they'll say, Eric, now, you know, if you're doing this, plant, this church plant thing, you know, you guys are are, you know, doing a vision time, you always got to make sure that you gather the troops, you know. And one time I was sitting with a guy, he was like, yeah, man, right now we're just trying to think of what can we do to rally people around something again? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, you know, I mean, people, we're just, you know, we're kind of messed up. And so people need something to, to rally around. So, so usually uh, a church, what you do is, is you find at least, at least no, I mean, it has to be at least annually, but, but, but best-kept best best scenario is semi-annually. You, 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 you find something that everyone can get excited about, and you focus on that, so everybody rallies around that, and that's how you get more people, and that's how you grow, and that's how you get more influence. Okay? But the funny thing we go there, we listen to that we go. Man, that's messed up. Man, well, really? But you know, what's interesting is if we're in the flesh, that's exactly what we want. That's what we cater toward. We want to. We want to all gather around something, right? And we And, we don't, and, and here's the scary thing: we don't really care sometimes if it's the gospel. We want to gather around something so we can all feel good. Look what we did. We gave 100 grand to dirty babies, or you, you name the thing. And we gather around it, and we get all hyped, and we say, so, just, and then we make, and then everybody comes, and then what, then we do another thing, right? And we find ourselves going through church, and that's what we do. We find ourselves gathering around things, whether it's the gospel or not, uh, for the sake of growth. And I just want to pause right now, guys, and just encourage you, one one of the many reasons why I love our body is because here's the issue. Every year, and we've said it for the last three years since we've been here, every year we're not going to play that game. We're going to gather around the gospel. All right, guys? We're going to center ourselves around the reality of the resurrection, and we're just going to fight to fight of faith. And we're going to walk with the Lord. And we're going to confess our sin, and we're going to trust our Savior. And we're going to pay our bills, and we're going to try to ask the Lord to give us understanding of how to minister to our neighbors. And we're going to fight with each other, and we're going to repent, and we're going to try to enjoy the Lord, okay? Now, and so what this time is, is is not about us rattling around something. It's not about, it's not about putting a carrot out for us, okay, guys? I just want to make sure we understand that. It's really about centering around the gospel and talking about what does it look like for us to live a life of faith. All right, guys? So let's look back. So evidence of God's grace in 2011. We've seen, uh, <clears throat> I just think we're continually cultivating a culture of repentance and faith in Christ. I think our body is really uh, learning what does it look like to say, okay, uh, <clears throat> OK, I have sin. I need to repent and I want to live a life of holiness. And if you're new here or if you've been here a while and, and you still just been like kind of figuring trying to figure out this Jesus thing and, and you and you like, well, I haven't done all this. So well, I want to encourage you. This is what we're about is that we're about holiness. We're about repenting. We're about trusting Christ, living a grace motivated life. And so what, what we're trusting the Lord for is that is that our lives will look live differently for the better of Christ moment by moment. All right, guys. Um, you guys have been crazy by caring for people all year, uh, just insane uh, through counseling, seeing you guys give like guys give like crazy, uh, just serving. And, and I just want to encourage you. I've been blown away at your, at your generosity. We've seen baptisms. In fact, I think we're having a baptism toward the end of the month. We're going to have a bunch of baby dedications um so hopefully we'll be celebrating we've seen people uh get converted in the lord you know in the flesh i want to see people say i wasn't a christian and and now i'm a christian um in our in our community what happens we get crazy people who not walk with god and they start walking with god and and i don't, you know i gotta forget, i gotta be okay with who gets the credit you know jesus so it's awesome you know what the lord is doing there Um, our children experiencing the Lord, I want to encourage you, if you have children here and you haven't allowed, and your children haven't had a chance to plug into what's going on during our Sunday time, and also if you have uh, youth um, plugging into what Alex and Sarah and those guys are doing, I just think you're you're really missing out, because these, these men and women are broken people, but they deeply love Jesus, and they're walking with the Lord, and they're modeling the gospel, and I think it'll be a huge blessing for your kids to experience that. Um, for some crazy reason, the Lord is allowing our body to grow. Uh, I mean, we're at probably about 70 people in discipleship now. And what excites us about that is that people are getting opportunities to, to be known, to be walking in their faith, to be trained in their faith. And, and what really excites me is to eventually have the capacity by God's grace to be pouring into other people. And so, um. This is what we're seeing in a nutshell uh, during our time this past year, Uh, doing that through all of our outreaches and all this other stuff that the Lord is allowing us to do. By the way, as I'm sharing, we always would love if you want to, if you have a question, because I want to make sure things are clear as we move forward. Please ask your question. Just raise your hand. It's not a faux pas here. We really celebrate it so that there's clarity among the believers. Uh, Mad groups are full and multiplying. Actually, our mad groups right now are, are full. And <laughs> some people are like, yeah, no, we got too many. So we have and we need to um, start multiplying mat groups, which is very important for us, guys, because, again, our growth and who we are as a people, we expand based on our health. And so here's the issue. When we're not if we're not healthy. We don't ex- we don't expand. We don't because we want to make sure that we're not forsaking forsaken cats for the sake of some, some mission. So if you're fighting, we're going to stick in there with you. We want you to fight now, but you will stick in there with you. OK, so I say that because we need to be asking ourselves, like when you look at your per- perspective, mat groups, uh, we, we, we won't we won't expand a mat group um, if we feel like, man, well, we got We got We need to be seeing some health in that group first. Does That makes sense. OK, guys. All right. So our whole our struggle every year, moment by moment, what we all got what we're going to struggle with is making sure that we're not just trying to become a big church. Right. Because a lot of times that will affect it affects us, but not really the community. Right. We can we can have more people here and not necessarily affect the community more. You, you see that, guys? In fact, I, I would even challenge you. We have more people now and I don't even know if we're affecting the community more. So I don't know if that's a sad commentary on us as the people or not. So we don't want to necessarily have more people and yet actually don't see communal, don't see just people wrestling within our community like, man, is Christ real? Are people, are people in dialogue with me? Am I seeing people serve? Are people asking me to dinner? Like, like, the question really is, are we, are we not just having a lot of people here or are we having a lot of people but also having influence, which is what we desire, right? We want to be big, but for the sake of influence. And we want to make sure that we're deep. Okay? And so it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a healthy balance, it's a healthy balance here. And we, we are trusting the Lord that that actually will help change the community, because the goal is for God's expansion to happen in the community, not for us to all feel good and have sort of a spiritual narcissistic mindset where we feel like, look, I'm growing, I'm getting mine and I really don't care. We won't say that, but our lack of influence, our lack of desire pouring into the into the community, wrestling with people in our community can show that sometimes, right? And I know I'm saying some pretty intense things, but I'm just trying to keep it real because we're here to serve the community. All right, Um, so so that's our deal, right? So we're trying to figure this thing out, fam, right? We're always trying to, and we go crazy because how do you do all the stuff that we do, all right, and not get jaded and want to jump out of a window, okay? And so you got to say, and that's why, and and that's what makes it hard. That's what's so amazing about you guys and what we struggle with. Is is how do we do these things? But 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 give ourselves the grace to have a rhythm where we have healthy families and where we're able to enjoy the gospel. This is this is the balance that God is asking us all to have and to hold each other accountable to as we serve the Lord in the community. That makes sense. <clears throat> so, hopefully through the Holy Spirit we'll have a balance of depth and growth. Okay. So you guys know um, our heart, our heart desire is making healthy disciples, right? A healthy believer that can multiply, uh, right, that walks by faith, communicates their faith, and multiplies their faith in the Lord. Uh, you guys know we have the Discipleship Defined book. You know you can't even be a disciple without going through countless uh, <laughs> roadblocks of making sure that you're serious because we take it serious about pouring our lives into people. We, we affirm that in Matthew 28, that there's an assumption in Matthew 28, and that is that you're all in, that you're ready to rock with the Lord, okay? And so... Uh, we are, we're trying to, and this is again hard. Uh, another friend of mine, you know, we were hanging out, you know, dear brother, but he was trying to pour into this one dude, you know, and he was just like, uh, I mean, actually he didn't, he, was, he didn't really want to, he wanted to pour into him, but what was hard was every time he wanted to do something and he began to ask Sarah and I questions, we were at the dinner, and, uh, the response was like, there was, there was, it was more dirty. And he kept going, well, that takes a lot of work. You know, like you want me to go to his house and you know, and fill in the blank. And so what, what what's crazy about what the Lord again has caught us to is we're we're not we're saying, hey, we want to see people um, say, Jesus is my king, and then that manifests itself through God having, having a hold of their emotional, their physical, their relational, their economic, having a hold of their whole character, all of who they are, that, that there, is an, there is a change that they say, I have given all of who I am to you, Lord. And so moment by moment, day by day, through this fight, through this journey, I am pursuing you, and there's people who come alongside of me to make sure that we can fight this fight together. And as you guys all know, that's dirty and crazy, and that's hard. I'm looking at everybody being discipled right now, like, mm-hmm, yeah. It's hard. It's not sexy, but it's real. We have one, one thing that we ask everyone to come to every year, all right? We're trying to give you freedom because we know that we're serving the Lord like crazy. But we ask you to consider, um, we ask the whole church, we don't even do church that Sunday, June 1st through the 3rd, come make it to the discipleship retreat. This is a time where we're extremely clear of what we're trusting the Lord for, what we're trying to do, practical training, and just absolutely kicking it with each other. So uh, put that date down. Uh, we are really serious about that date because it is, um, it is very important for us to be mobilizing and uh, making sure that we're a body who are um, being disciples and making disciples. Um, so when we talk about discipleship, guys, uh, one thing I want, I want to clear when we think about our vision as we go forward um, and again, if you're new, you're on a, you're on a moving locomotive because you, I hope you don't affirm or think that you necessarily know the definition of the discipleship. There's a lot of things that we're assuming that you have, even as we use this term. Uh, one thing that I think we've got to get a little better at, and this is talking about going forward, is the concept of a web of discipleship, guys. And that is what we usually do. We talk a lot about our lines, you know, like, so I'm discipling somebody, I'm discipling Mark. You know, Mark is discipling Chris, that kind of thing. And we're pouring to each other and usually Chris is dialoguing with Mark and things of that sort. And what we have to make sure we understand is that that's very important. But, but don't miss all the resources that you have available to you in the body. And I want to make sure that we understand that there is that discipleship is happening like that. But there is a web of discipleship that comes through the community of faith. Okay, and, that, and to be cognizant of making sure that you're resourcing everybody in the body and that you're not necessarily feeling like you're in this silo effect and all you can do is talk to the person who's discipling you. Does that make sense? So I, I, think, I think we've got to get a little better at the whole concept of, of the web of discipleship, making sure that we're utilizing resources, that we're making our, our stuff known, that we're in community with each other, and that we don't just have these isolated relationships because that can build codependence. Vision and planning uh, two, two quickies real quick. I want to encourage you guys um, that we are having right now because we want to make sure this is not about just more parameters. We want to make sure that people are being poured into. Well, when you say you're going to disciple someone. Um, as we And we're at a very intense juncture. We have 70 people, about 70 people being disciples right now. We're trying to move forward, making sure that we're seeing more people come to faith, beginning to be poured into. And one thing that we're seeing is that because we're crazy and, run, and rushing around, we haven't taken the discipline of making sure that we're being prayerful about people's lives and making a plan for their development. But it's an absolute must because these are people's lives we're talking about. OK, so I, so what we're saying is that we want to make sure that each one of you, if you're discipling someone, if you're being discipled, your disciples should have some sketch of where they've been asking the Holy Spirit to take you. OK, and we're and we're saying right now we're going to, I'm going to give you a cut. We're going to take a couple weeks or so, maybe um, all of January. But uh, we'll be talking more about this through our Matt groups and discipleship chains. But by February, we want to make sure that every person who's discipling someone provides a plan to their discipler. OK, just to make sure that we're holding each other accountable, that you have thought through and you have prayed about what you're going to be doing with that person and that you're not just simply just going through the motions. Does that make sense? That's very, that, and that, and we're going to make that, that's a very serious deal because we want to make sure that people are being cared for well, that we're actually considering people, that we're actually seeking the Lord about people's development in Christ. Any questions about that, guys? That's very important right now. In addition to planning, this is just more for your information. We really want to encourage you when you've been discipling someone for some time, six months, maybe, especially if a year, you probably want to have a time where you sit down with them and you, and you show them how they've grown. Where you do a vision plan and you sit down and say, hey, here's some here's some things you've done where I've seen you really grow this year. Here's some areas where I feel like you really haven't given these things over to the Lord. Here's some areas that we really need to trust the Lord to shed some light on. Because right now, here's some areas that you're very comfortable living in sin in right here. We need to have those discussions and we need to have we need to sit down with people and encourage them that they're actually seeking God. And they're actually growing in Christ. At the same time, God is continually doing the work. All right, guys. Well, I, want to, I want to encourage you to have a vision plan for your disciple. You shouldn't have discipled someone. You shouldn't have been discipling someone six months or a year and have not encouraged them and showed them actually tangible aspects of how uh, the grace of the Lord, evidence of God's grace, is in their life. Uh, finally, is a, well, i sorry, consistent connection. Uh, we many of you are some of you are discipling every other week. And I want to encourage you that if you're doing that, uh, we need to still be in connection with the men and women we're pouring into, even in the off week. Uh, Because if we're just kind of going again, you you see them that week and then you don't talk to them for two weeks and you see them another week. uh, It seems that, I mean, the Lord can do whatever, but it seems that 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 breaks uh, the sense of intimacy that we're trying to cultivate. And I'm not saying you need to be with them every week, but man, a phone call or just some intentionality of, of building a relationship seems very important, considering the kind of ministry that we're trusting the Lord for here. So I really want to encourage you to think about consistency, consistency being very important as we pour into each other, as we care for each other in Christ. And finally the MAT groups serving together. Uh you guys do this already. We have six momentum outreaches. Mat groups always come and serve to those, so that's six times. So we're asking you that in your MAT groups, not once every month, we think that's overwhelming. But you know, if we we're doing the six times and also we probably serve once at Mac lit, that's six five or six times. We're thinking five, four to five times of Mac groups serving together, um, intentionally in your area is very important as we continue to cultivate um uh, what we call our five environments of of outreach or ministry. So I wanted, to so that's to the Mag group leaders and you as Mag. If you're in a Mag group right now and in your mind you're like, I just got here, I'm in Mag group, but you've been here two months and you haven't been serving, going somewhere with the Mag group. You need to, you need to hold the Mag group accountable. Okay, we all in this thing together. This is a de- decentralized ministry here. We're the people of God, the priesthood of believers, and we are holding this thing together by God's grace. Okay, guys. All right. But there is no questions about that. Um, this is, and if you notice, this is more pragmatic than you might have thought for a vision time. But I think this is, this is for our body because our body, our vision is discipleship and what we're trying to trust the Lord for. And so we need to be thinking about the skill sets that we, we want to be building and what we want to be trusting the Lord for throughout the year and what we will be talking about throughout the year, guys. All right. So check this out here. Um, this is a biggie for us. See, if you, if you are new or if, you, um, if you're a visitor right now, you're like, what is all this? Why are we talking about this? Stuff? I don't get it. That's the point. This is about us equipping our body to be on mission in this community. So that's what we're doing here. And this is a biggie because here's what happens. This happens in a lot of churches, but especially this one, considering the kind of ministry we're doing. We, uh, and especially even in my life, people, we are serving and we are helping people a lot. Okay, that's, that's what we do. Uh, we're coming alongside one another. And, and what can happen big time for us is we can be people uh, who, who definitely experience a sense of codependency. Now, what I mean by that is that basically your, your self-identity and who you are is based on what you are doing or some outside ramifications. Does that make sense? Okay. And so what happens with people like this, which is probably a lot of us in our struggles, is we find a lot of our identity, our self-worth, um, who we are in how we help people and how we serve people, okay? Now the danger in that, obviously that's crazy um, biblical, but but pragmatically, the reason why that's crazy is because in this community, all that builds is when you're codependent. All your worth comes on what you've done for somebody and how you serve somebody. All that does that, that's like that's like the, the the craziest poison here because because now we build entitlement. We build we enable entitlement in a community where people are going yeah, hook me up. Okay. And then and then we're not and then what we see and I'll, and I'll go through these is we think. Well, no, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy. I need to be helping people. Look at me. And so, and so basically our whole mode of operation for us as a body, we've got to be very careful that we're not operating out of a sense of a messianic complex, thinking that we can deliver people so here's so here's how and and the reason i bring this up because we we, we've seen this as we serve each other as we come alongside people in our community as we try to figure out what does it look like to neighbor we find ourselves many times in these kind of relationships and 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 it's kind of productive to the redemptive growth that we're trusting the lord for in this community let me show you guys look at this so so what you have here you and and i was talking to a dear friend of mine and i it it was just blowing me away some stuff we were talking about you have here Victim, rescuer, persecutor. OK, I'm not, I'm not going to go through this long. I just want to give you a snapshot of what happens to us and how we need to be very cognizant of this. And, and stay with me here, because this is very important, because this is what we do in our community. All right. So a lot of times we have a victim, the individual who's totally, totally saying, like, I'm blamed. It's like, so the victim is always saying, well, you know what, There's, there, it's not really my fault that I have this issue. And so, so we see this in our discipleship groups all the time. right? where there's always an excuse for why a person can't come, right? There's always an excuse why a person can't follow through whatever they said they were going to be committed to. There's always an excuse why a person needs another $40, right? I'm not hitting home. There's always an issue, okay? When you always live in in urgent mode, okay? And what happens is become, and you don't, you don't even know that you're, that you're a victim, that you don't even get that there's sometimes serious circumstances, but sometimes you have to take responsibility. But see, the issue here is the person says, I mean, you, you see this in relationships, you know what, this is, this is who I am, I can't change, I, can't, I hate when I have to do that, I just can't do this. See, when you say those things, what you, you're not saying, see, you're saying, it's not that, you're saying I don't have, I literally don't have the capacity. When you say I can't, you say, you're not saying I don't want to. You're saying I I don't have the I don't have the stuff to do this. I don't have the stuff to pay my bills. I don't I can't uh, have sex with my husband. You, you name the issue, and you, when you say I can't, what you what you right now what you're saying is I'm the victim. it's, it's, it's not that I'm choosing to have no responsibility. To, to operate in sin, it's that someone something's happening to me outside and it's happening to me. Do you see that, the difference between I can't and I'm choosing not to? You absolve yourself from responsibility. But here's where it gets crazy. Then we, and me, I'm one of these guys, we feel like we gotta rescue people. And so you and me, we walk through our community and people go, well, I can't do this and I can't do that and oh, but well, this happened and happened and then we try to figure out a way To make it all right. All the time. Guys, hear me here. This is what we're dealing with in the community. So we want to figure out how to make it. So, you know, and the reason why we think we can rest, well, I'm cool. I'm straight. I'm good. So I need to be helping people because I got mine. You see the arrogance in that? There's great arrogance in that. And then what happens is you have the persecutor role, which actually the victim places you in. And see, here's what happens. So you're the victim, oh, poor me, poor me. And if you rescue me, you're like, sweet, give me more, give me more. It's a manipulative tactic. If you don't rescue me, oh, why you playing me? You've had that happen, right? You walk by a brother, brother cool, all nice to you, right? Hey, man, how you doing? He's all kind, you doing your thing? Hey, can I get $5? Oh, man, no, I don't give money out. Mother, you know, and he starts cussing you out. You had that happen? You ain't had a heaven, you, right? What just happened? I was brother cool two seconds ago. But all of a sudden, I'm mean and bad and I'm evil and I'm really not a Christian now because I won't give you five bones. Right? Well, what happened? What he did was he put me, he wanted me to rescue. And because I didn't rescue him, because I said, well, I don't even know you, bruh. So let me just figure this thing out. Let me help you have some responsibility. He got pissed and he moved me to persecutor role. But see, then what we do is then we are overly responsible. Oh, no, he called me persecutor. He said, I don't really love Jesus. I got to prove to him I love the Lord. Here's five dollars. You see what I'm saying, guys? And then we put ourselves back in rescue mode because that feels better. Versus not being overly responsible, but each person has responsibility. Let me just show you real quick. In this role here. And, I, and I'm standing here on this, guys. I'm, I'm standing here a little longer than possible. I'm sorry, because it's so important. So so um, what can happen, that, that's basically, I feel like, the role that I've been really struggling with during my time here. I feel in the flesh, I am a rescuer. I'm a total rescuer. And I want to figure out how to make it all better. And, and it's been a, a crazy ride here. Uh, because I'm watching myself, and I'm watching many of you, I'm watching us really an, uh, enable community that we love, and I'm watching us not really grow in our faith um, because of this. What I'm seeing, though, is is the the track to healthiness. Is actually, we have to learn as a body, and this is the thing. I mean, especially for you white folks here, I'm telling you, like you really gotta get out of your mind that you don't have a, that. That you you come in here one arm down because you're white. I am such a trick of Satan to pigeonhole you. And our black folks in here have to really figure out. How do we be humble enough and not? We have two things: either either the black the, the brother comes in not knowing much but trying to act like they all that, okay? Or you come in with we come in with an enablement mindset and we just say, "Well, I'm gonna chill here until I get mine." And and, and at some point we have to figure out, brothers and sisters, we have to figure out in this community how do we have enough self-respect to say, "I have something to offer," but it's only when I'm fueled by Christ. But honesty, and then actually, uh, you know, we talk, man, we know how much do we talk about whenever we talk about the gospel? What do we start the gospel with? Well, God, our King Jesus, when he created you and me, what did he do? He created us with purpose, value, dignity, and worth. Right? Right? I mean, that's the reason why we go out here and we, we, we model the Imago Day, right? We, we, we image God to each other. That's how, we, that's how we maximize God's glory, by reminding him of himself. And so here's the a, here's a, here's a thing that's so horrible about enablement. The very reason he, he created you with worth, purpose, and value is the essence of who he's made us. And then when we enable people, we totally say, I don't respect you. I don't think you're of worth or value, or purpose. And that's what I'm going to do for you. And I'm going to treat you like a little baby and like a little punk because I don't even respect you enough. That's what's demonic about it is it speaks to the essence of how God created us. God says, no, guys. I know we want to help. And I'm talking about me, guys. I'm doing a lot of confession here. I know we want to help. I know we want to serve. But God says there has to, there's a way where we have to trust the Lord and the Holy Spirit to make sure we're not taking people's self-respect and we're dispensing dignity. It's harder though, guys. You know I don't mean to yell. I'm just trying to help you. You know, so honesty and self respect is what the Lord is asking us. And and what happens is that seems to come when we have some sense of, um, I don't know what you call it, commitment cohesion, maybe where, uh, where we have uh, commitment cohesion where we have people where we're saying okay. I give you some. Here's, here's, we have this relationship now. There, you don't have to own everything, but neither do I. And so we're gonna look at the relationship and we're gonna start telling the truth about each other. We're gonna create, we're gonna create a norm with each other. We're gonna be telling the truth. We're gonna do this moment by moment. We're gonna mess up some times where I'm gonna lie to you and I'm not gonna tell you the truth. And then I'm gonna come to you and I'm gonna have two weeks of stuff and we have to tell you the truth about all that stuff. And then I'm gonna get better at this. Cause we're all, we're all like toddlers in this, right? So it's a journey. But we got to keep getting back up and saying, "I I didn't tell you, man. I felt like you were trying to manipulate me when you did this. I know it was two weeks ago. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm learning how to trust the Lord in this. And we got to be on this journey where we're actually having good, healthy relationships, and we're forcing people to understand that I love you enough. Just like we tell our kids when our kids do something crazy in another way, uh, they'll, they'll just, you know, they'll they'll sin, and you know, we and we and we spank. We and so we say, listen." We we come here. We say, I, I I love you too much to let you disobey God like that. So I'm I'm, I'm giving you a consequence because I love you too much. And and, and we, I, I love you too much to to play this game. And so no, you you have dignity and worth. I gotta I gotta make sure that the Lord's that, that, that the Lord is being honored here. You feel me, family? At some point, we gotta be we gotta continue to be honest. We gotta continue to to usher in self respect. I'm gonna do with this. Guys, we're gonna be we're gonna be having we're gonna be talking about different aspects of this. We're gonna be very serious in our groups because we're we're trying to care for a holistic community. And we're no better than our people. We're no better than the neighbors that we're serving. Okay they're serving us, we're serving them, that's how it should be. And we gotta really deal with our arrogance, we gotta deal with our own identity, our own our own codependence, and we gotta come here naked. We gotta come here and say, Lord, I don't have anything to offer but the cross. Okay, guys, any questions about that? That was a lot of stuff. Okay. All right, another cool thing about this year is um, we're going to start, we're going to have our first council of elders. Praise the Lord. That's a good thing. I mean, I would think you'd be tired of me having all the power, right? Because that's unhealthy. I shouldn't, right? Right? I'm serious. Like, that's not, that's not healthy. Normal, like, I know. I've been praying for this. Um, What are, what are, okay, so we're going to be having a lot of teaching. Uh, we've been wanting to move toward this uh, for a long time. We really wanted to make sure that there was brothers from our community that could be part of the elder board. Uh, we wanted to make sure that it was coming from the church, that we raised the people in the church and the Lord has provided. Um, I think a huge, guys, I think we're super blessed. We have a lot of good male leaders in our body. I'm telling you, it's off the chain. and And it's big, it's a lot bigger, I'm telling you. And the brothers ain't even clapping. Y'all should be happy. But uh, they like, really? Me? I'm a leader? Yeah, you. So, so, and the, the cool thing is you don't see it in a lot of churches. Usually, all the ladies running things. So it's cool that the brothers stepping up in here. Um, so here's the thing, real quick. The Bible teaches that um, we we would propose that the Bible teaches each local church should be led by a plurality of godly, qualified men that we call elders. Okay. Um, here it is in the Bible, so you can go there. I'm not gonna go to these texts here. Uh, this is gonna we're gonna put this up online so people can see it, uh, so you can check it out. Uh, because this is very important, because we're talking about leading our church, I'm going, to, um, we're going to be t- I'm going to be teaching on this periodically while we're going through Genesis, okay? Because it's very important. So uh, hopefully, you'll, if you don't know much about this, hopefully it will really encourage your heart. Hopefully you'll feel really spurred on um, in the Lord and feel more equipped and understanding more about God and leading to our worship. Um, I'm sorry. The role of elders, just to let you know real quick. Feed God's people. So here's what here's what these guys will do. Uh, they'll guide the people. They'll guide our flock here. Um, and I'll be and I'll, uh, pastors are elders, so I'll be one of the elders. But the cool thing is, it'll be of elders, so that basically is again decentralization of the power that we're all coming alongside and saying, uh, what does it look like? What we need to be about in this body? We need to protect God's people from attackers. Um, you know, we see a lot of that uh, where people come in with all kind of crazy silliness, and so making sure that we can protect the flock and protecting ourselves and the church. So the reason why the plurality is so important is because what we're doing right there is we're protecting a person who can, be, who can become arrogant and, and self-righteous and feel like, look at all the stuff I can do I, and, and think they're running things, and it protects uh, the peop- um, you guys. It protects the body to have a plurality of people who say, now, we're going to all make decisions, make sure that we're all walking with the Lord. Does that make sense? So it's a very, I'm I'm really excited about this because this moves us closer to um, the biblical framework that God has for us as a a church. So it's going to be super tight. Just letting you know that uh, this will start um, real soon. We'll be actually, I'll be taking ballots. Um, I'll be up front talking about that where I want you guys to write down whoever you think should be an elder. Uh, Then we'll take those um, and I'll explain the whole process. It's going to be an intense process, but it will be a process that will be super beneficial to our body. Okay, so right now, if you just to give you a snapshot, what I've discussed was discipleship holistically, where we're headed as a church, as far as pointing to one another and knowing that we're going to be having an elder board present um, in the near future. Praise the Lord. My boy, Leon, is now going to talk about uh, what are we doing as we engage our culture with the gospel?
1: Hey, family, man, I'm sitting there. Just seeing how many times I feel like I bounce around between, like, rescuer, victim, you know, like, wow, I feel like uh, it's a good word for our people. So as we move forward and we begin to talk about outreach, uh, what is outreach? Like, y'all need to stand up, shake it off a little bit. Everybody got that glazed eye look, like, what? Two seconds from falling over. I'm happy to see y'all. Let's let's dig. And so outreach is intentionally making Christ known through word and deed. How many of you guys have a have a car? How many people have driven inside a car before? Rode and in, driven inside, rode inside a car before. All right, like, and, and I'm gonna see if I can do this one justice, Nielsen and Micah. So y'all help me out. Um, you know, like uh, uh, the wheels of a car touch the ground and they allow you to move forward. But if you have a car without an engine, really what purpose does the car have? I mean, the wheels are there, they're touching the ground, but you definitely aren't moving. You need the strength of the engine to propel the car, to move it forward. When we look at outreach, and we're saying, why do we do outreach? Like, you can't do outreach in a God-centered way if you don't allow God to pour into you first. If you don't allow God to fuel you, if you don't allow God to impact your heart, and then you look up and say, wow, God, mercy, grace, compassion, love, all this you've given to me, now I can go out and care for others. That's what outreach is. And if it's done with any other thing in mind, if it's done, you know, just out of serving and caring for others and you miss the component of God caring for you, no matter how good it looks, it can still be extremely unhealthy. So fam, we want to minister and reach out uh, based on what God has done for us. And so how do we do that? We have a few different ways to um, <laughs> we have a few different ways to uh, to, to do that. Uh, one of the ways we do it is through our momentums. And what you guys are getting now is a full calendar for 2012 of of the different ways in which we serve corporately. Now we serve in two different capacities, momentum outreaches and pace outreaches. Our momentum outreaches are when we're trying to impact all of 4A214. And we want to give them all the opportunity to come out and experience the gospel. And so We've got Easter, three on three, Fair Day, Christmas, a number of different events that happen about six to seven times a year. Each MAC group leads one of those times. And so you guys will see on that schedule, your MAC group is down for one of these different momentum outreaches. We all come alongside one another and help and support one another, but each MAC group is in charge of advancing the vision for that year. Um, for that particular event, and you'll have help and support, um, but it's great to see our body approach it through different means as each group has its own personality, Neil, And so we also have our corner stores going on twice a month. Look at that smile, baby. Look at that smile. We have our corner stores going on twice a month where we are serving in the community bringing resources to the community, but also trying to establish relationships with individuals in the community. And so there's a MAC group that holds that, hosts that, and that ends up running, um, running. each MAC group leads that twice a year. So you end up with one momentum a year, and two times that you lead corner store a year. So that's three times that each mat group is responsible for something a year. Now, you also are welcome to come as much as you want. Just because my MAC group may lead on a Saturday, your MAC group is welcome to come. Actually, we would love for you to come. It's a time where you maybe you and your disciple come together. You want to share your faith at Corner Store. Uh, it, what we want to do is provide you with as many different opportunities, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, the five different points of health for outreach. Uh, but we want to provide you with as many opportunities to grow in advancing the gospel. And so... Um, hit the next one for me, Neil. And so those five environments of outreach are Momentum Outreaches, Neighboring Well, mat Group, Your One-on-One Time, and Corner Store Time. Now let me ask you guys, if you did all of these all the time, would it be a bit much? Maybe. I mean, I... Probably. I mean, what would you say, big dog? Not for Jesus, right? (laughs) I mean, your job even gives you off days. They plan that there's going to be some time that you're not there. We're we're the body of Christ. We want to extend grace. And we want to say, if you're at all of these all the time, maybe we need to have a talk about what it looks like to rest. Because the reality is, like, Each of us should always be able to say, hey, guys, I'm not coming this week. But we shouldn't take offense if someone says why. And that's where the issue gets up. Who are you to ask me what I'm doing with my time and my life? No, I just want to make sure you're living for the Lord. If you want to rest, cool, man, get your rest on. You want to go to the basketball game, go kick it. You want to take a nap, cool. But we ain't seen you at outreach in six months. You want to care for others sometimes, and we should be able to get in those healthy dialogues with one another. So please know as we present this, this is all like, like some of us are going to really excel during the momentum outreaches. Because when we see a whole bunch of people, we just get really excited. We start connecting and socializing. Some of us are going to be extremely more effective during the one-on-one times where me and my disciple go out and we follow up with someone that was given to us as a contact. What we want to do is provide you different environments so you can become well-rounded, but also so you can have an opportunity to say, Lord, how have you wired me to advance your gospel? I'm not going to ignore momentums, but maybe you've wired me in in, in a way that, that um, uses me more effectively at corner stores. And so we want you to know this is all in, in an environment of grace where you have the freedom at any time um, to say, I want to be about other things, but that's not forsaken being missional. And so, family, we, what we want to do is we want to impact this entire community. 48214 is covered from Warren down to Jefferson, from St. Jean over to East Graham Boulevard. And within that, within that those parameters are a little over 32,000 people. We as MACAV want to touch the entire zip code. And we know that it first starts by you connecting with your neighbors. So hear me when I say, The Lord has used us in amazing ways to allow those momentums, allow those corner stores, allow the different points uh, to impact our community. But what we're going to do is be strategic in our approach so that we don't only stay on our own block, but so that the person who is in in Zone 3 gets touched. So the person who is in Zone 7 gets touched. So what we're going to do is partner with some other churches who've said, hey, we have a lot of numbers. And we truly believe in what you guys are doing. You guys have decided to move in, live with people, and love on them well. How can we breathe life into what you're doing? They've come along us and asked us that. So we said, cool, we got work for y'all. Go to the next one for me, Neil. Some of our partnering churches are going to be coming down, helping us going door to door. Helping us knock and say, hey, basically find out who is hungry to know Christ in our community. And so what we're going to do as a church leadership, we're going to mobilize these different churches. Oh, you can't see, sis? I'm sorry. Is this in your way or is it the whole thing? Can y'all see? My bad. No, I want you. You good? Okay. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, What we want to do is is allow them to come down and they'll go you know door to door for us knock on a door, let them know that Macav Church exists, wants to see them grow in Christ, and as we receive those hot contacts, people who say, yeah, I'd love to connect with Mac. Now you know uh, a, a Harvest Bible Chapel will take that information, give it back to the church, and we'll give it back to you. So that when your Mac group is meeting and you guys say, you know what, this week we just want to have People from the community come over and a time of fellowship where we can try to share the gospel. Boom. Ten names. Or your one on one time. You say, Man, I want to learn how to how to share who Jesus is with the person I'm discipling. Let's just randomly walk up and down Mac and try to find a bum to talk. No, no, we don't need I I love I love oh y okay. Bum, wrong word, I'm sorry. Um I apologize, I've not trying to demean anyone, but okay sorry talked to a bum and he told me he called himself bum and said that to me so it was sorry all right let's stay focused so um you know as we have contacts we want you to be able to have uh um we want to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to get the gospel out and uh the more we can give you resources to be able to do so. Uh, we want to be about that. And so each of these different areas are going to be touched. Um, these are some of the different churches. Uh, the bottom right, I have the Spartans there because we have uh, short-term admissions trips that come in every year. Already we have Bowling Green, um, Michigan State coming, uh, Gordon College will be coming. And so we have different colleges that come and serve with us for about four days to a week, and they're going to be hitting the streets for us. And the hope is that is that you will never feel burdened like, wow, so now my, you know, I've got to go out to, you know, zone six, you know, and spend my whole day walking the streets. Not at all. Not at all. But what we do hope is that, hey, if you say, hey, Leon, like, my I've cared for my block well. What area is this church focusing on now? We'll be able to guide you. And so we hope that you guys are... Um, are seeing how what we want to continue to do is impact this community for the gospel and that your leadership has a strategy um, for how to mobilize our efforts in doing that. And so what are, we, um, what are we trusting the Lord for? We want to continue to trust the Lord that we will celebrate the amazing things he's done through outreach. The amazing things that he's done through you guys as you have used those five different areas well. But we don't want to be complacent and think that we can't grow in, in those five areas. We want to take more time to train and equip you so that, so that you may be nervous, it may be uncomfortable, and that's fine. But we want you resourced. We want you to have the tools to be able to share your faith. Being nervous is one thing, but not knowing not knowing what to say because you haven't been given the right resources is another. so we want to make sure that you are trained and equipped. We also want to increase our depth of relationships with the people God has given us, and you guys know like you maybe on your block everybody knows you and you're nice, but have you actually shared the gospel? like has a person had a chance? To say, I want to choose Jesus. We want to move towards that. I'm convicted. Like, on my block, I need to have more of those conversations beyond just like helping rake the leaves. You know what I mean? And lastly, we don't want to be a church that creates new programs for you, we don't want new stuff for you to do. We want to continue in depth. Um, and be faithful with the opportunities God has already given us. So again, continue to do, continue to, to to take advantage of those opportunities and take them deeper, not simply search for new ones, but going deeper in in the in, our, in the relationships that we have with our neighbors. So now I'm going to bring Eve back up. We're going to continue with our time of vision. Thank you, guys.
0: Question about that? Because uh, outreach is a huge component. I know you guys were serving. Uh-huh. We're going to be, again, that, that's going to be our consistent dialogue and our mad groups as we're uh, making sure that we're walking with the Lord, most importantly. But then, hey, Lord, how, how are you giving us the grace to be engaged in our culture with the gospel? Uh, Is something we will continually be wrestling with. We'll be even uh, every once in a while having t- times of training up front where we'll be teaching and then we'll pause and we'll do some training on making sure that we are engaging, that we're equipping this body to be on mission in our community um, so we're just trying to fight to make sure that for whatever, whatever level, this truly is a celebration time of what God is doing all week while we're on mission. So um, another cool thing, uh, just to let you guys know, uh, you guys were and here's what's so important about the body. And notice, I notice this, this is more academic and it's more um, tactical, but we just want to let you guys know what's going on. Uh, Because of your voice, uh, last year we were able to have uh, a a budget meeting. Uh, Right now we're in a process of toward the end of January, we're going to have another budget meeting. And I know you guys voiced, you really wanted that. I want to ask you guys to come to the meeting and uh, be encouraged in what the Lord is doing through your faithful giving and giving of the people of God throughout. In addition, uh, we are now, we're going to be starting um, probably alongside of the whole process of the eldership. This might get place before the elders, even a finance team, Uh, again, making sure that, that we're decentralizing um, just the leadership a little bit Uh, right now. Eric has been sort of quarterbacking that whole deal for, for the years now. And, and I just see him with a lot of new cars. And so I really want to make sure that, uh, I just want to make sure, hey, no, but, uh, so so uh, we're going to have a finance team just for accountability's sake, and and just making sure that we are streamlined toward that. So, so again, upcoming budget meeting in January, and also finance team to make sure no one goes to jail. So, um, hey man, me too, cause I love Eric. So uh, missions, he's the most honest guy in his body. So please, uh, mission missions. Uh, here's the thing, guys. Missions has been a crazy up and down. You guys know our crazy journey uh, in Haiti. Uh, the Haiti trip of 2010. It's, yeah, it's, it was crazy. Was it 2010? I think I'm uh, 2011. Yeah, so I'm trying to, trying to make it go further back. Um, guys, we, we are we are really trying to trust the Lord for uh, making sure that we're being very uh, careful and cautious uh, that, that we are going to places where the gospel is not being preached, that we're going someplace near where, where there are hurting, suffering, marginalized, and where we can proclaim the gospel in a holistic ministry. And also ministering, hopefully, uh, to a post-Christian environment. And we have, you know, uh, the Hermillers Millers in, in Darfur. We have uh, um, our man Amos in post-Christian uh, in Italy and Rome. And uh, my man, David Crawford, has been just, I, obviously, he's in the middle of his residency and has been trying to really spearhead this whole process of developing a missions team, uh, and with the goal of us really having some clear parameters of what we're gonna be doing as we engage even outside of our community, okay? So, a couple things. Uh, do we have that little piece of paper we wanna have people write down, the um, their activity? Okay. Uh, so what we're gonna, later today, we're gonna have like a little list of like different areas of service that you can, that you can, um, serve in. And again, we, we, we're looking for people, if you feel like, man, I would love to be helping spearhead, uh, this whole concept of missions in our body, making sure that we don't get so net na- we don't have just simple navel gazers and always simply being here, but we realize that there's part, part of the maturation process is us going outside and seeing what the Lord is doing, and just reminding ourselves that God is not just the God of Detroit, but the whole world, um, both created and uncreated, things going out and serving. So here are the things we're gonna be, uh, moving toward, guys, so you're gonna be hearing a lot about this too, um, we're going to be trying to partner near our border, uh, so we're trying to figure out a close pay- place there. Um, obviously, in the area where the gospel is not being preached, we already feel like we have a missionary there. I mean, we would love to send more of you guys. Uh, yeah, just let us know. That's some crazy stuff. And serving a neighborhood in a suburb. Uh, na- yes, sis. Anna. Uh, right now, we were looking at Haiti. We're actually still looking um, at, at, obviously, Haiti isn't bordering us, but it's close. That's what we mean. So don't you that's not the border. Don't you know the geography? I do. I do. It's more close. Um, But but uh, and we had we had like uh, two or three mission opportunities and then they all fell through at the end. Uh, David was going to go actually this month. um, And so it's been crazy. So that's what we're looking at. But we're open to other possibilities. If you have options and you want to provide that insight to us, we would welcome that for sure. Um, You can talk to uh, David and even myself. Uh, serving a neighboring suburb, uh, we have opportunities with these partnership churches. We feel like one thing that we can add value with is actually taking our youth or even us and, and just engaging, uh, maybe even doing some training or discipleship and things of that sort. Engaging some of our partnership churches, uh, with the gospel again, realizing, again, that dignity piece that we talked about, that by God's grace, not out of arrogance, but that the Lord has given us something to offer, um, for the covenant community even outside of our, our area. And then planting churches around Detroit to fulfill Christ's mission. I need to pause and apologize. I think I scare people, and I sincerely want to apologize. I get so excited. I'm like, guys, after we get to 100 or 200 people, we I'm taking half of y'all and we're gonna plant another church. And half of y'all eyes went like, I just bought my house, you know. And so, and so I want to. So I think people were kind of nervous, like, man, he gonna make us leave. And uh, so that that yeah, I think I think my eyes are bigger than my appetite. And so I want to pause and let you know that we're not going to split the church up and send half of y'all off. Um, we definitely want to be prayerful. The whole point in that, but I need to be very careful making sure that I'm not lying um, in a in, in realm of hyperbolic speech. The whole point in that is that we want to be extremely aggressive um and making sure that we're not just simply desiring just to get bigger and look at us, look how cool we are. But we are looking and and trying to be very just trying to trying to trying to hurt almost like man, we want to we want to be sacrificial in our gospel centered approach. And uh I think that's that's the heart. And so please um honestly forgive me for that. I'm gonna be very wise in that way as I lead. So um our dream, here it is guys, our dream is that every person in that group serve together in missions outside our community annually. Okay, so we want to make sure that everybody that we are getting a little taste of what the Lord is doing. And specifically, if you haven't been able to um, engage uh, people with the gospel outside the community, I think it'd be very beneficial at some level as far as what God would do in us and also through us. So missions is a super work in process and give us grace as we're continually trying to move forward, guys. Any questions before? Actually, one more thing. Let me just ask you any questions about that. Okay, you guys got all that. So if I do a test, right, can you pass out the papers for the test? I'm just kidding. I was joking. I was joking. Um, okay, so um, um, one, la- one last thing is um, uh, we, right now, uh, the youth, we're going to have, um, basically, we have a lot of cool things happening right now, but it's in, it's, in a, it's in sort of this embryonic process where we got awesome leadership with Alex and Sarah, um, and we are really praying for God to just do some great things, So we but we need leadership. Uh, We need more individuals who can come alongside us and help us with our youth. And so we want to ask you to consider uh, what does it look like for you to be helping. Again, our youth is just a subset of what we're doing in our body. And so if you're going to be partnering as a leader with the youth, uh, you'll you'll be committing, and I want to make sure I'm not speaking for you, committing to possibly discipling a few men or women. And so that would be sort of the require what we're asking you to be about. And um, again, if you're in a youth, if you're pouring into the youth and you're discipling youth, we're not going to have you discipling the adults too. We want you just to focus and be able to pour into our youth. Okay? Um, can you give me the dates just so I don't get give them clarity on what's going on with times of meetings and things of that sort? Friday, Friday night, seven p.m. at your crib. Yeah. Okay. Um so i will be praying for be praying for these guys because when they get married we're looking for them to get a, a bigger home to be able to have uh the capacity uh to care for the youth in a way in a holistic way. So I'll be lifting that up too as these guys are continually taking great strides um to bring the gospel to the youth in our community. Any questions? That's what y'all think. Cool? Right? Amen. Nothing sexy, right? But it's faithful. Right? Hopefully hopefully you guys will be enjoying uh, just living the gospel in community and, and care for uh, people in the body. Are we gonna have, can we have a closing uh, time of praise? And then uh, we'll go downstairs. I wanna encourage you guys. Um, do you, are we are we prepared to do and offering right now? I wanna ask you guys, uh, if you're new here, keep your wallets and your purses to your side. Uh, we're not trying to coerce you for your money. Uh, if you're average, this is a time of worship. Uh, if you are new and you get this, this is a time of worship. Please worship your king. We give to the Lord because he's given us everything. We just want to make clear uh, that, that you don't need to feel like you've got to give out of compulsion because that's not our deal. Most importantly, that's not Christ's deal. So I'm going to pray for us. Please worship your Lord. We're going to sing out to the Lord. And let's celebrate what the Lord is doing. Let's celebrate that, guys, uh, particularly um, that God would um, be raising up people in our community, guys. Just pray that God would do that that He would raise up men and women in our community like crazy, uh, not for our glory but for his i 'm going to pray for the tithe and offering we 're going to take that, and then we 're going to celebrate the Lord and then i 'll close us and pray afterwards, okay, uh, dear Jesus, we love you, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to praise you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to serve you together, and we just going to take it lightly lord and and we come before you uh, just saying, Lord, would you give us the strength uh, I mean as we try to serve our wives and try to serve our husbands and our kids and as we try to work hard but, like, but, but be serious about engaging our community and just walk with you trying to get time in the word and spend time in the scriptures and cultivate a prayer life and be in community and try and handle conflict biblically so much lord we just ask that you give us the mercy and grace and strength uh to be um, bearing your image well we love you and uh, we pray that you allow these these gifts and um, the things that you give to this local body to be used for your glory Uh, that you would be exalted and pleased with um, our stewardship. Give us guidance and wisdom. Holy Spirit, bring glory to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.